Welcome back to episode 131 of the FPL Surgery, minus the titan that is the Iceman. Hello listeners, once again, coming back to you on the 30th of April 2019. Funnily enough, on a night where we never thought we would see the likes of Spurs and Ajax, no offence to either side, in the Champions League semi-final, an equally unbelievable thing has happened. It's taken 131 episodes, but the Iceman is not with us in this episode of the FPL Surgery. Um, There's a sense of mourning. Um... No, he hasn't got too big for his boots. He hasn't thought I'm in the top 2,000 now and a swan off on his lovely luxury holiday to America. Um, he just really needed a break and fair play to him. But Iceman, I know you'll be listening and uh, we're here to do you proud. Um, but of course, if the Iceman is going to be absent, we need it to reliable, sturdy and a very successful gentleman who we could trust to come on board and fill his considerable shoes so first of all, I'm going to welcome back Mr. Tom Campbell. Hello, sir. Well, how's it going? Great to be back. Really good to have you on board and uh, somewhat of a relief for you and the uh, the other guests to be joining me, given your considerable FBL surgery experience. <laughs> yeah, I think uh, I'll wait for you to do the introductions, but you've got two uh, two super happy and excited uh, guests to be joining you this week. Yeah, so the, uh, do you know what, I'm, I'm actually, the theme you're referring to, I'm actually going to start us off on that before I do anything else when I've introduced the second guest. So we will talk uh, West Ham in just a moment, but TC, tell <laughs> us, because it's not been so long since we last spoke to you, but how how's your season been going? You know, two game weeks left, how have you been faring? It's it's a good season for me at last. I think uh, last season was a really tough one for me, but you know fundamentally and in the main, this season uh, has gone gone well for me. It's a return to form. Um, sort of tanked a bit in the last few game weeks prior to um, 36, 35 and thirty six rather. So the the last two that have just gone, but yeah, I've really um, really come back to it over the last two and uh, just completed my. My best game week of the season um, in 36. So, yeah, I'm really delighted with how it's going. And, and now back inside the top 6,000 overall. Wow, so um, excited excited to see how the season finishes. Flying high, yeah. Plenty uh, plenty of points still to be earned. Um, top 6K, that that is no mean feat. Very impressive again, TC. Well, thanks, um, mate. So we'll, we'll very interested to hear what you're thinking about for your last two game weeks, how you're going to push sure. as high as you can. First of all, though, I'm going to uh, introduce our second guest. It's uh, it's the man who probably is gives the best introduction and welcome back to the Iceman's Piss that we've ever had on this podcast, <laughs> as well as providing incredible value in terms of his uh, FPL knowledge as well. Mr. Hortz, welcome back, Ian Horton. Evening, Bully. Evening, TC. How are we doing? Hi, mate. Brilliant. Thank you. Yeah, really good. And equally relieving to have you on board with the Iceman, not here, given you know the format. So... Um, Hawks, tell us again, just like TC said, just there, how have you been getting on with your, you know, with your all things FPL since we last spoke to you? Since we last spoke, it's gone remarkably well. I think Excellent. I think we last spoke sort of December, January time, and yes. um, it it was it was a bit. I was hanging around a hundred thousand and just couldn't break into the top hundred thousand, and then the the chip strategy has paid off since game week thirty one. I think it was uh, played the the free hit in thirty two five weeks ago, yeah. and three out of the last five weeks I've gone over a hundred points. 
Um, all the chips have come in big and I suddenly found myself at 23,000, which is the best I've been all season. So looking to just push into that, I think top 10,000 now is going to be a stretch, but at least if I can get in the top 20,000, that will be a successful season considering how weird this year's gone. Yes. It has been a bit of a strange one, hasn't it? The points have been dispersed in the different positions across the season. And um, it's probably not surprising that Virgil van Dijk is the, the players player of the year. This yeah. is very true. Very, very true. Yeah. That's it's, a great run, Hawks, mate. Well done. That's yeah. uh, that just sort of shows, you know, you can sticking with it can really pay off when you come to these these late big game weeks at the end of the season. That's, yeah, uh, I think a I'd, terrific it, it return. Was, it was sort of going. I was sort of going with the flow to a certain extent, and you know, going with a lot of the the, the group think. And and mm-hmm. I think it was when I started to literally just go with my gut and go with go with what I really thought and thought, no, it hasn't worked. Let's do this. It suddenly started to click into place. Is there any better feeling than that when so, you actually um, go yeah, with the we'll, gut? We'll, we'll take a couple of gambles over the next couple of weeks. See yeah, love it. Um, <laughs> and it's so much more satisfying when you go with the gut. It's so much yeah. more satisfying when it does come off. Exactly. Because then, you know, you know, Delafeu, for example, a couple of weeks ago, <laughs> yeah. gambled on his injury, put him in, bang, you know, and, and those sort of things that you can don't necessarily be smug about it but it's it's one of those things it does leave you with a smile on your face at the end of the weekend rather than a bit glum you know now chaps whilst we're talking about smile on your face i did say i would give you the opportunity (laughs) to spend a moment the stars have aligned uh west ham united on the up when you're both on this podcast arsenal plummeting downwards i'm just going to give you both a moment um you, you get a minute to uh to just bask in the glory of west ham united Horts, do you want to lead us in? I'll come well, in after. I, to be honest, I don't care about Arsenal. I, you know, I, no offence, no offence, Willie, but Arsenal are not my beef. I can't stand Spurs. I really can't. And when you have, when you have a son, when he was uh, sort of fourteen, said, "Dad, I'm going to support West Ham like you," and then when he turned about eighteen, started putting coys on the end of his tweets. Oh. And I said, "What's what's all this then?" And he went, "Well, all my mates support Spurs, so I'm a Spurs fan now." And I went, "You can't change your team after sixteen. You're locked in." Yeah. Went, no, 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 I'm Spurs from now on. So. <laughs> The beauty of of Saturday is just so immense. The fact we scored the first goal in their new place, we got the first win in their new place. (laughs) Antonio did that horrendous dance in their new place. It was just so, so sweet. TST and I were uh, messaging each other at the time. It was was lovely, wasn't it, TST? It was was poetic. It was was glorious. And it was kind of something that, you know, tentatively, I think, probably, you know, I sort of had a feeling we we might show up, you know. We, it's such a big game anyway. We've got a good record at going to new stadiums. It's clearly yeah. our biggest rival there. You know, they've obviously got this Champions League um, game. They were, you know, missing a few players and what have you. And I I thought we were we were terrific. It was a great game in terms of um, sort of close match, but you know we deserved it. Um, I had friends in the stadium who said we were the better team. Uh, I believe them, and uh, it was a great winning goal as well. And yeah, a little bit of history, and yeah. uh, we'll be sure to remind them of that at any given oh, opportunity. <laughs> the, the, I mean, the first half, I must admit, was a bit rocky. We, I think we were lucky to survive early, early on. Fabianski was amazing. Diop was immense. Oh, Diop had a great but, game. But, yeah. but the second half, we just bossed mm. it, and it and it was great. And, and it sounds bizarre, really, not wanting Spurs to win. I hope they win tonight, let's put it that way, although I think they might be losing at the moment. But... Um, 
it was weird not wanting anyone to beat them until we played them. I just didn't <laughs> want anyone else to win. I wanted us to be the first ones to do it. And it was just go. a dream come true when it happened. We have, Absolutely. you know, as West Ham fans, we have to take our little victories, don't do, we? You yes, do. you have to enjoy They don't it, come along very often and we have to take them when they're there. You know? well, I think we said, but just, just before we're starting the recording, yeah. it's taken, I think, three years worth of us guesting on this yes, podcast. Yeah. But... <laughs> Do you know what? I can't, I can't remember celebrate. a time when I haven't said to you two, um, tell me about West Ham. You've gone, oh, let's move oh, on. It's, just, yeah, it's incredible. Yeah. You spent it's two true. and a half minutes talking about it. I have to say, yeah. I, I have enjoyed um, a lot of the, the memes and gifts that have come out of Antonio doing that celebration. You know, mm. Spurs spend years and, and loads of money building the stadium for Antonio to do this in it. <laughs> and, it's, uh, and when you just watch the celebration yeah. in isolation, not the goal, it's like that, that is outrageous. That is truly it is. outrageous. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's is there, is there was the um, was it West Ham that one of the builders put uh, a West Ham shirt and the foundations of the Tottenham Stadium? I don't was know. I, Ham, I mean, there, there was definitely a shirt that a builder left in the foundation of the Tottenham Stadium, and I can't remember which club it was. Maybe someone can tweet us with that. Oh, nice! It might nice. have been West Ham. Yeah, yeah, you can well believe that happened as well. <laughs> yeah, sure? yeah, yeah. I've heard I've heard it done in hockey. Like I, I can't remember whether it, was, whether it was Canada or America. It was something to do with the Olympics. I think it might have been when it was in Canada, yeah. and someone had buried an American dollar or something on the on the, the center ice. And there was yeah. yeah various things like that that go on. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so it's it's lovely if you can just sneak something like that in there. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah, there for life. Now, maybe maybe if you uh, if you have some spiritual beliefs, maybe you believe that drove you onto that at the uh, the weekend, maybe. Um, speaking of, so that that ship I've given you three minutes actually to speak That's about it. West Ham there so I'm going to move us on but you by all means come back to them if they have value um, we've got some headlines to tackle um, so our, our four to tackle along with the questions podcast this week who to own from the two gladiators going for the Premier League title and I think the Champions League is going to play a big role in this um, which teams do we still trust and which should we not even look at Differentials, the final throw of your mini league dice. I've got someone in mind from Chelsea for that. And uh, who are going to stumble their way into the Premier League top four because nobody wants to finish there apparently at the moment. Mm-hmm. Um, chaps, let's first of all just a quick quick summary of how you got on in the last game week. So we were post-double game week. Um, if you'd planned for it, potentially the fallout could have been quite good because there was a lot of points to be earned over the last weekend. TC, can I come to you first? How did you get on the, in the uh, last game week? Uh, I, yeah, just basically everything went right for me. It's oh, phenomenal. really, really <laughs> rare, um, but it's a proper celebratory pod for me because I got uh, 122 points. Wow. Uh, okay. Game week rank of 29K. Um, I, I don't want to go on about it. It's already looking in the you know, rear view mirror a bit, but it was it was terrific. I relied on my Liverpool, uh, Man City travel ups um, and kind of clicked into place. Even the vague differentials went well as well so i uh, you know tremendous game week after like i said a few few poor ones on the spin so um it just it was a great feeling to kind of right the wrongs of that period and, and get back amongst it so yeah a really good game week for me um yeah. thanks buddy excellent yeah fantastic score though really phenomenal 29k uh brilliant and uh Hortz? Um, yeah, I mean, similar, not not as good as Tom, but I, I cracked 100, 103. I had uh, my two City boys and my two Liverpool guys came through. Um, the two guys in midfield who didn't, I really didn't care about because I had Son and Eriksson and they were. <laughs> I was quite happy to take two points from each of them considering the outcome of the game. Um, but yeah, triple captain for me on uh, Sadio Mane. So obviously was delighting in that, but 
Oh, how I wish that third one had gone in when it hit the post. So close, man. I so think close. someone someone worked it out. Someone worked it out that that probably cost triple captain is about twenty four points. Yeah. Because you'd had the goal times three, three bonus points times three, and it was about 24 points worth if that had gone in, and that would have made a humongous <sighs> difference. But it's all ifs and buts, isn't it, fantasy it, football? It is. So. <laughs> I could not believe it, because same as you guys, I, I triple-captained uh, Sadio Mane. I could not believe. I was thinking, lovely, right. Uh, before the bonus points came in, the bonus registered, and I was like, well, why is he still on 39? Nothing. I was thinking, really? The, the, the week I use my triple captain, he doesn't get a bonus for two goals. How does that happen? And of course, Liverpool yep. have wonderful, wonderful fullbacks who I have failed to own at the right <laughs> time of the season. If, if there's one reflection I've made this season is I've just not uh, committed and believed in Liverpool fullbacks enough. I, I got 84 this game week, which was above the average, so I was happy with that. But the difference between me uh, cracking 100 was basically not owning Trent or Robertson, and that was it. Mm. So... Um, Players that I was quite pleased with that came in for me. Uh, Laporte's been a shining light over the last few game weeks. Hoiberg came in with a nice six and I had Jimenez up front for a seven. So generally it was a good game week. It just so happened as people getting the uh, high hundreds. So it was uh, it turned out to be rather average, but I was still pleased, all things considered. It's a, it's a good score, mate. I th- it's a strange game week. And that, that Mane chance, it's, it's really unfortunate because yeah. he... I didn't realise quite how good that guy is in the air. Yeah, I know he, he, nod, he nodded that that chance onto the post, but you know, re- repeatedly over the last few weeks, he's really fashioned some chances of himself, which he kind of had no right to. Yeah. Um, I think. Do you think he possibly starts the season next season as a forward? Um, alongside Salah as well. And- it's going to be really mm. interesting how they reclassify, isn't it? Because obviously people like Arnautovic and Zaha got shoved up front yeah. this year on yeah. Fantasy, and you, you've got to feel that both Salah and Mane should be forwards and Firmino should drop back into the midfield. But how are they going to... even all three. Yeah. Or, yeah. Yeah. or how yeah. they're going to work it, I don't know. I, I, think, I think from a... The way that... The, I presume when they're when they're assigning prices at the start of the season, they'll be looking at different combinations of what people can have and be factoring that into it. But I can't imagine them being moved into forward roles just because that they do start on the wing, don't they? More often than not, they do come inside, and a lot mm. of their good work is done in the box. But I just feel like they'll be kept as wingers, hopefully, because that just keeps the game more interesting. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, it's fascinating to see because obviously you get the more point avenues as a midfielder. Mm with an additional point for a goal and, and that clean sheet point. So yeah. if they do keep them as midfielders, you could see another huge price hike for Mane yeah. and and even Salah either keeping his price or even possibly getting an increase, which is crazy considering how uh, yeah. people sort of balked at the price initially at the beginning of this season. Yeah. But it's going to be interesting how that plays out. But yeah, just a word on Mane, just creating those chances yeah. for those full backs, Bully. I just thought that was... Yeah. It was interesting. He's really powerful in the air as a kind of mm. focal point of the attack. He's, he's just uh, won everybody, I think, overlooked when he was at Saints. And yeah, look at him now. Great signing for Liverpool. Yep, um, absolutely. It's going to be interesting. But yeah, so... so all. Um, so, then, I think someone made the comment at the weekend. So someone made the comment at the weekend, if only Mane and Salah actually got on. The chances they could make for each other if they weren't so greedy. They, yeah. I mean, you know, Liverpool could get hatfuls every week. Yeah. Um, it's a golden boot now, isn't it? The fact that they're both yeah. so close to it now. That, that's, Very that's just making dynamic. that worse, isn't it? Yeah, Very definitely. interesting dynamic between the two of them. Yeah, I mean, sometimes I wish that Obama Yang Lacazette would just uh, be greedy. So, yeah, I'm not, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna comment <laughs> on that. What I don't think is a. Yeah, as an Arsenal fan, disgruntled at the moment. Um, 
Chap, so we, we've talked there a little bit about our teams. I'm just going to drift quickly onto Patreon. Uh, so far, I want to thank everybody who continues to support the podcast. Absolutely fantastic support we've had. Um, if you want to get involved with our Slack channel uh, or just generally support the pod at any level, patreon.com forward slash FPL Surgery. You can support us um, from as much as a dollar up to a few dollars if you'd like to do that. Um, the more that you sponsor us, the more opportunities you have to win things and get involved in our in our Slack channel as well, where there's loads of good stuff going on at the moment. But um, those of you who are continuing to support us, we thank you. Um, this has been a fantastic help in doing this this season. So great stuff. Um, I'm going to bring us back then to the headlines for the game week. Now, the way we're going to do this, chaps, uh, I'm going to run us through the, the headlines uh, we're then going to go on to questions, and some of them we might answer first. If, if that's the case, that's fine. Um, if not, we'll go through the individual questions afterwards. So let's go with, with the big one that I think we've started to kind of touch on, which is who to own from the two gladiators going for the Premier League title. Um, TC, can I come to you first? You can, mate, yeah. So I think part of my um, sort of resurgence over the last several game weeks is that I recognised early that there are these two sort of behemoths going for the, the league. They're both so much better than every other team in the league. Like the, the other teams who are, in inverted commas, contesting for those places in the top four and making a pretty laughable job of it are, are miles behind them. So yeah. I, I recognise quite quickly that making sure that you've got treble assets from both teams in my view, just made sense because they're both blow for blow, winning all of these games. There are different avenues to points across the goalkeeper, defence, midfield and forward in both of those teams. Quite a few affordable options as well, particularly at, at the back. Um, so it just kind of made sense to me to just make yeah. sure you had that full complement of players from those two uh, two teams. And I only deviated slightly from that because of the... Uh, the double game week uh, mix when when you know Liverpool didn't have a double. Yeah. Even then, I made sure I went in with with double uh, Liverpool coverage, and it didn't it didn't um, sort of down downgrade the output at all. So, you know, I think before we actually look at some specific players, my feeling is that irrespective of your league position, it just makes sense to find the place in your squad to accommodate your yeah. options from those two. Those two teams. That's my overriding feeling. Is that is that something you guys would would agree with, or do you think that's a bit too a bit too much? Saying six of your presumably starting eleven will come from from two teams. That's how and I've just, done it. But just just to capture, so you were talking about. I mean, I know you're reflecting on the the season in general, but for the last two game weeks especially. Oh no! So I'm I'm saying probably more from about sort of January. I okay, would say, yeah, yeah, um, bully. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, like the that's that's persisted thereafter but yeah. um, it was one of my rules at the start of the season to never own less than two man city players yeah. that's something that i just <clears throat> didn't deviate from um edison's yeah. actually one who i've uh, i've held i've held for a long long time and um you know as i say when it when it became apparent that this league title race was going only going to be contested with those two teams and that neither team was going to give an inch you know they're just literally winning every game the two of them I just said, well, let's just not overcomplicate this. Let's just ensure that my team has six players from those two teams. It doesn't matter, you know, you can tweak which defensive coverage you have from from Liverpool. You've already mentioned their fullbacks, for example, or, you know, the arguments as to whether or not Salah constitutes approximately £3 million more than, than Mane or whether or not you double up or both. It, 
putting that debate to one side, just making sure you had that contingent of three from those two the two best teams by a country mile it to me that just made good sense um so it's not just something i've adhered to um you know for for several yeah. months now yeah well, uh, have you guys done similar or, or let's, let's get Hort's, thought. Hort's thoughts what are your thoughts Hort? yeah i mean yeah i mean I, I i've had i would say never less than two of each and and invariably have had three of one maybe two of the other and that sort of stuff i've, I've tended to move around to try i try and spread um spread the wealth a little bit more than that but yeah i mean i'll be going into the last two games with three city two liverpool um and uh but yeah it's you're absolutely right i mean you're 20 or you're ten thousand higher up the rankings than i am and, and and that is probably borne out by the fact that you went in big on the two teams and it seems to be borne out it's one of those things it's like we we always talk about there funny enough that a lot of the talk is about the forwards you know aguero and sterling and Mane and salah but in actual fact it's the guys at the back that have been racking up the points and if you've held on to those i've had robertson since week one he's not gone anywhere all season i've had laporte a fair while i mean i mean you look man city nine clean sheets out of their last 11 games Games. It's mad, and, isn't it? And all the conversation is about their forwards, but Laporte plays every game. There is rotation with the other City defenders, but if you've latched on to Laporte, you've been absolutely lapping it up, and especially in the double game weeks where he seems to, uh, you know, he, he seems to love those. He um, does. Yeah. He does, mate. Yeah. Yeah, those clean sheet, clean sheet stats, they're kind of echoed more broadly. So yeah. you've got Edison, or Man City rather, well, Edison's been responsible for 16 clean sheets um which you know man city's defensive was actually quite mocked at the the end of the year Uh, they seem to be giving up the occasional they had that wobble didn't they They over christmas they had a very very strange three or four games over christmas they've been solid before that and then it went wrong and we we sort of bailed a little bit but yeah i mean you know nine out of eleven nine out of the last eleven games you can't argue with that can you so exactly and i think it was a wobble and i think i think it's something that you know, I, I, I want to make sure take in the next season, hopefully the listeners do as well, that when you've got teams of this quality, when they do have that that wobble, it's really easy to, you know, to, to throw them throw them away, if you like, immediately. Mm. But actually, I think you just got to recognise that these are quality teams yeah. in that over glass, the course of the season. It, it's I interesting, think, I think it is. Yeah. yeah it's interesting that we... Yeah, I mean, we say that. Obviously, City and Liverpool have been the class mm. this year. But you would say, you know, you look at the, you know, what is categorised as the top six. You look at Manchester United this year. <laughs> um, you know, be, be, before um, when Mourinho was there, they were rubbish. Solskjaer comes in. They're incredible. They're the hottest team in the league. No one can touch them. They're banging in goals like they're, you know, they're well whatever they're just going mad and then all of a sudden all of a sudden Solskjaer gets the full-time job and they're shit again (laughs) and it's like so it's that whole thing about you know if you were hanging on to them going these are class players they're going to come through they haven't Mm. so you you have to be aware that I mean obviously City and Liverpool have been a cut above this year but you've also got to be aware of trends and when when does a wobble become a trend is that the um, that's the balance isn't it it is and it's and it's making those judgment calls that that makes you get into the top 10 20 000 at the end of the number for that horse when you say when does a a wobble become the sort of temporary become the norm that's it i mean man city had what three games i would say over christmas but plucking it out of the air three or four they had and fours for me you, and we you started that, to get a bit leery, didn't we? That it was like, oh, hang on, it's all good. And but then it's it's straightened out since then, you know. Yeah, I so, think I think four four was my number pre-season. 
Um, if well, you have a, when a wobble becomes a trend, yeah, yeah a, a premium asset who blanks for four games on the spin. That is when when I start thinking it's you're justified in looking them to move out. I think my point was just that these two teams yeah. feel a bit a bit different from that. You know, they yeah. kind of yeah. they kind of feel just just you know uh, they're going to come in that back respect. into form at some point. Yeah, they're just yeah. so much better than the other teams in the league. I just can't see them. I couldn't see Man City not. Um, you know, reverting to the to the mean of of getting back to thumping everyone, and and <laughs> Liverpool have just happen. been. So, I think so, mate. Yeah, I mean, the the question wanted specific players, I guess, yeah. and yeah. and we can we can talk about those. But I just thought when I read that headline, yeah. I just thought it actually a recognition that just including from those two teams mm. is where I would I would recommend. Yeah. I think when you're talking individual players now, you're looking at the guys who are locked in. You don't want to be taking gambles on rotations. So from from Man City, you're probably looking from back to front, Laporte, Sterling, Aguero. Um, you can obviously go Bernardo Silva's looked amazing the last couple of weeks. He, he, he looks has, as though like he's that. pretty locked. Can he, can Beyond ask, that, would you would you um, just if you were trying to accommodate Mane and Salah, um, and that oof, would mean not yeah. having Sterling? Would you feel okay, say, having Laporte, Aguero, uh, and Bernardo Silva, and then having Salah, Mane, and the, one from of the eye test? The eye test, very definitely. Yeah, the eye test, very definitely. Silva has really come into his own, and he's shooting. And he's he's accurately shooting, yes. and and in the in the last game he was the one looking most likely to score. He obviously broke the deadlock, I believe, at Man United. So he's he seems to all all of a sudden becoming a little. I mean, we we throw the word talisman around, and with a team like Man City, it's very difficult to say who's the talisman. But actually, the last three or four games, Bernardo Silva is really, really rising to the surface. So, yeah, I'd be I'd be quite happy to take a gamble on him, to be honest. Personally, I'll be bringing in Sterling this week, but if if I can't make it work, then I'd have no problems bringing in Bernardo Silva. It's a weird one, isn't it? Because he's kind of... Um, people say, you know, he's not really a fancy asset in that, you know, he, he sort of looks so good on the eye test. I totally agree with that assessment. Um, and I think he is probably the... One of the first names on uh, Pep's sort of best eleven team sheet, if you like, these days, mm. um, and and I think he, his output is improving as well. But you still got like people like Felipe Anderson and Richarlison ahead of him in terms of overall points scored from from the midfielders this season. So yeah. I think you know, he's the guy though that benefits most from KDB going out. That's a good point. Yeah, that's the thing. It's like KDB had that injury, and suddenly Bernardo Silva is where it's channeling through. If mm-hmm. if KDB was playing, Bernardo Silva doesn't come into this conversation. Mm-hmm. Um, but we know KDB is well. Having no, I can't say we know. We we we're assuming KDB is probably out for the rest of the season. I don't think it's been yeah. clarified. He may come back, in which case then you're taking a bit more of a risk with Bernardo. Yeah. But but the KDB absence, I think, is is the big point here. Yeah, yeah, and then going from the Liverpool side, bully. Yeah. I think I've I've preferred the doubling down on the uh, on the defence. Yeah. I just uh, originally I went with with Van Dyke for the security of um, selections alongside Robbo, who uh, like Hortz, I've had him from game week one, and he's he's not left the the squad, and and he won't be sort of pending injury in the last couple of game weeks, um, and then moved more latterly to Trent because I think it was that it was the Cardiff game. Yeah. Um, and I, it became apparent to me that actually the route for points with 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 Trent is as sort of likely, I think, in the attacking third as that that great defence that they've yes, put together as well. Because yeah. his crosses from um, open play, I would say, 
you know, are still probably secondary to Robertson. Robertson's gone over 200 points now for the season, but it's it's pretty marginal. That's probably an, an opinion rather than a fact. Yeah. But the, the fact is that he does take a lot of set plays as well, and, and that was a route for uh, Van Aldem's goal in that in that particular game. So that was one of the reasons on that eye test and my match of the day viewing and, and what have you that you know, it made sense to, to take the risk. I know Joe Gomez is back in now, but... You know, yeah, this is this to... is the this is the last couple of games. I just don't see why why Klopp would 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 take any kind of risk with his team selection when they're so, so close let, let to, to winning this you. Premier League. What I'm because you make a good point there, TC, about Gomez coming back. They have two huge games, um, and I know Liverpool fans want that Champions League. They badly want the league, but this is a club that has a European pedigree. Um, if there's going to be rotation anywhere, with Gomez coming back, would you be afraid of, for any of the likes of one of the fullbacks, um, would you see someone like a Firmino being dropped for a Sturridge, like we saw the other day, or one of you know one of the, the flying wingers coming out just for, for a game? Um, could you, could you so, see that happening? Or do you think total points by the end of it, it won't matter anyway over the two game weeks? What do you think, Horts? I mean, my, my, I gave my view a few moments yeah, yeah. ago. I, I my, can't see that. I, my gut feeling is watch the result of the game tomorrow night. If Liverpool are 3-0 down or something like that after the first leg, no one's getting rotated in the league because it's then all about the league. Yeah. If Liverpool maybe win 1-0 or something like that and they've got a chance going into that second leg, you could see a, a TAA getting on the bench and Gomez starting or something. I think a lot is going to depend. We, we said before we started, a lot is going to depend on these two games tonight and tomorrow night in terms of who we're going to see playing, certainly for Spurs, uh, maybe to a lesser extent Liverpool. But if if the game is big either way tomorrow night, um, that could have a bearing on it. Yes, yeah, so that's I, I feel, observation. Yeah. I, I feel Van Dijk will play every minute every for the minute. rest of the season. Yes. But being yes. a centre-back myself, I know you can be... Um, choosy about when you when you put effort in and when you don't. So I think the way that he weaves, it doesn't matter who really comes into that defence. He makes them better. He makes that team kind of tick yeah. and work. If someone was a little nervous about Liverpool defenders, can you see their keeper being an option, or would you still say Edison is a is a more attractive option at City? I mean, I went Edison early. Yeah. I mean, there's yeah. not a lot in it in, in the price, bully. And as I say, I just think you want you want coverage from these teams. They're both nailed on selections as as can be, which is you know part of the problem with with Man, particularly with uh, Man City, although kind of less less so recently. Um, and and Edison's been great for me. I I just sort of think with the Liverpool options that you've got at the back in the defensive line, Van Dijk is a goal threat. You know, not probably not not quite as much as as owners would hope, but he is a goal threat. You've got Robertson, who's just this, you know, incredible fantasy what, asset. What he's probably going to have. A, I mean, the, mm. the, the the price hike he's going to have next season is going to be horrible. It's going to be Alonso isn't it, all just, over again. <laughs> yeah, it, it will be. And uh, like I say, TAA has, has got those routes as well. So I'd probably be a bit more reticent to recommend Allison on the grounds that I think you'd probably be giving up a route to points by one of the other defensive options Very that the, the yeah. Liverpool give. Um, you know, I still think he's a, he's a good option that that. That gives you a good chance of you know, clean sheets in in each of the last two uh, fixtures. My feeling is though that you're just sort of closing off an avenue to potential points if you, if you go that route. What do you think, Hortz? 
yeah keepers I think, from these two teams uh, i think you're right i mean if it comes down to money obviously the keepers are cheaper mm-hmm. to a certain extent and, and you want to get the three of each in there it's a route in there but yeah i think you know as you're you're right in saying the outfield players are your avenues to points and again we we mentioned the golden boot very briefly earlier on you know Mane and Salah they're not going to want to get sat either of them no, so they're no. going to they're, they're going to be rocking out there and of course they with Firmino looking dodgy and Sturridge yeah. looking Sturridge <laughs> looking very rusty you figure the goals are coming from those two guys so if you've got the money that you can invest I mean obviously that's big money for those two but if you've got the money to invest on those I'd go there to be honest they're not sitting in the next two games it's a good point I, I just wonder whether or not that Firmino injury and we'll know more tomorrow we're recording on on Tuesday night but uh, if that if Firmino is out or a doubt for the Premier League match I just wonder if that actually plays into Trent's hands a little bit more I've just mentioned that ITM is a route to creating for Liverpool yep. yeah and yep. if Firmino is out and like storage looking storage like <laughs> I, I, I wonder whether or not it's more likely that, that TAA keeps his spot it's quite possible and to be honest you, you with the, there's two games left it's all coming down to these last two games you look at Liverpool uh, you look at Man City's last two games we all I you know 99.9% of people are going to see them trouncing Brighton on the last week of the season. <laughs> but but Leicester are really running into form. They're playing very, very well. They they play up. I mean, Vardy's particularly plays up against the big boys. This weekend is the, is the time, if Man City are going to drop a point, it's going to be this weekend. So Liverpool can't afford to take the foot off the gas. I this, think it's a this huge weekend, game. They, they have really to go do. for the Liber- yeah, yeah. So Liverpool yeah. have to go for the win. They can't. They can't go. Oh well, Man City are going to cruise these last two games. We can take our foot off. They've still got to go for it. They've got to go for six points and hope that Leicester come up with something this weekend, haven't they? So which, which you could see, right? I mean, absolutely. I, 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 Absolutely, I, I, think I totally agree with that. Yep. that assessment. And I people think are talking talk- about people talking about all oh, City ads, assets of the shoe in for captaincy, and I think it'll be an open game. And yeah, if you've mm. got Sterling or Aguero, stick the C on them because there's going to be goals in this. Whereas the last couple of games have been against teams that have sat back and made City come at them, and and you know it's been a bit jittery and everything like that. Leicester aren't that team. Leicester are going to come. Leicester are going to come out and go at them, and you can see goals in this game. So and they they do well on the break, don't they? I think that's the key. Yeah. They 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 sitting back and they're hitting teams on the break. That's maybe and, not Brendan Rodgers style, but it's a, certainly a Leicester style. It's a Leicester um, style. And City, the one thing you can say about City that they don't necessarily have in abundance at the back is speed. They've got, you know, they've got great teamwork and they've got great shape and everything like that. But speed on the break, it could be very, very interesting. Let's 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 not like go overboard here between us because I know I know we're sort of positioning it as you know, let this Leicester are this great team. I don't think they are, but Mm. I just see this as a tough tough encounter for Man City. The the one thing which I think really helps City is they've actually now got this period of rest. They're not playing yeah. midweek. I think yeah. if they had a fixture this weekend, I'd be even more confident of, of them potentially slipping up on the weekend. But yeah. the fact that they're going to be able to to have a, a few days actual training specifically looking for, for this fixture should probably see them uh, have enough to, to, to best Rodgers' yeah. men. But it's yeah. a really tough game. I'm not super excited about having Laporte and Edison in my team for this fixture, whereas I have been for basically the the, the last several game weeks, because yeah. I, I really don't I don't think they match up that well against them no. personally. 
I think City will win, but I think Leicester will score. Yeah. Chaps, I'm going to. Uh, I'm just going to. I want to throw in a couple of uh, the listeners' questions here that I think yeah, we, yep. we've somewhat covered, but also we could uh, segue into slightly. So, Mad Hatter from uh, from Slack. Hello, sir. Um, my pod question would be: Do Liverpool uh, rest players versus Newcastle with Barca to play three days either side, or is the league too important? We've discussed that. Um, I have TAA, Salah, and Mane, and I'm thinking about selling TAA for Laporte in the run-in. Before you chaps answer that, so keep in mind, TAA for Laporte. Um, Matt Hatter has also said, also, I usually say something weird at the end, but I'm too lazy to think of something. In fact, I'm so lazy that... And they've just kind of faded out. So thank you for that, Matt Hatter. <laughs> um, very good. Um, uh, we've got Mr. St- uh, Mr. Fish has asked, are three Liverpool players essential for the end of the season? I currently have two, Robertson and Mane. Uh, but I'm thinking of bringing in TAA for Duffy. So thank you for those two. So one's talking about ditching TAA for Lepore. The other one is thinking about bringing in TAA for Duffy. So you you guys have made fairly compelling arguments about this. But just just quickly, how would you answer those two? Uh, if I go to Hawks first for that one. I, I would say if you've got someone else you can take out for Laporte, bring Laporte in by all means. I can't see the reason be behind taking out TAA that's very much yeah. a sideways move for me and there must be you would figure there's some some something else on your team you can do that will benefit you better than that um in terms of um TAA and for Duffy do it now <laughs> no wait wait until the game tomorrow night in case he gets injured sorry no wait until Friday but but yeah that I mean that's a no-brainer surely yeah definitely agree I think Mad Hatter I'd say uh don't sell load up is is my my advice yeah. i think you know iceman's not here but uh, his stats will live on so a few stats for 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 jim and and the listeners so if we look at those two two teams it's going to come as no great surprise that uh, these these stats but the last eight game weeks home and away for just liverpool and man city 15 wins six 35 goals scored and seven seeded it is remarkable how well they are doing even under all this pressure so, load up on the on the two of them i don't like the kind of sense to me nice okay i like that thanks for those questions lads i'm going to move us on to another headline because we spent a fair amount but some really insightful stuff you've come up with um i'm actually going to jump to our fourth line because i'd like us to run through the league at this point having to stumble their way into the premier league top four it's the most aspiring <laughs> i've ever had the displeasure of all of those teams that come into it um so uh, let's go to so tc first who are going to stumble their way into the Premier League top four? And I think most relevantly for FPL, um, who is going to help them to do it? I mean, it's 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 just so weird, isn't it? You've got this this league where we've just been waxing lyrical about how brilliant Man City and Liverpool are, and then you've got these other teams who are just kind of tripping over one another, and no one's making a concerted run for the line to to get into the top four. Um, I would say that. Probably Chelsea um, appeal to me slightly because they've got this this nice home fixture in their next game, which I expect them to to rack up some goals. And that's based on the fact that um, they play Watford in the next game, and Watford's away form uh, in the last four is is pretty turgidly. They've conceded eleven goals in their last four uh, away games, which is worst behind only Huddersfield um, with I think uh, fifteen, but. You then look at that, okay, who's going to sort of benefit from that? And I really like Hazard as a shout for that because at the bridge, I looked at his home form, albeit albeit kind of briefly, and uh, in his last four games at home, he's racked up scores of 10, 14, 16, and 7 
that's against Wolves, Cardiff and West Ham and, and Burnley. So, you know, it wasn't wasn't playing particularly strong opposition. Sorry, Hort, so I've, I've included West Ham in that. No. Um, <laughs> but, uh, you know, that's, that's an average over 11 points per game. And um, playing Watford, who, as I say, have got that wretched away record in terms of conceding goals. I think that they you could back them to win there. And I, it's not, not sort of hugely confident, really, Bully, to be honest. I don't mm. see United um, as being the, the, the go-to team in the same way that a lot of other um, people are directing them in because I just don't buy the form at the moment. They've got these great yeah. fixtures with Huddersfield and Cardiff. But what do you think, Horst? Do you think they're going to suddenly revert to the Ole Gunnar Solskjaer mm. Form of mm. when when he first came in, I I, I, I don't know. I mean, it, they've been awful, haven't they? To be they honest, really have, and yeah. um, I think they're just far enough behind that even if they get results in these two games, they're still not going to get in the top four. Uh, mm. I think Spurs have got just enough to scrape over the line. They're playing the Jekyll and Hyde Bournemouth this weekend. Yeah. Um, I think they've probably got enough to get the the, the couple of points they need to to assure their qualification and i'm with you on chelsea i think chelsea if they get the result against watford um that's going to bump up their goal difference as well arsenal just seem to have just thrown in the towel i i know they've got brighton this week but brighton still have something to play for and nothing would surprise me to see brighton come away from the emirates with a point this weekend um and even if man united then get six points which we would expect them to yeah. with their you know the, the players they've got they but they have got some injuries up top this weekend is Huddersfield's last home game in the premiership so in the premier league so they're not just going to roll over and have their tummies tickled they're going to come out and try and knock off man united in their final game in front of their home fans at home i don't think it's a walk in the park you don't. So I, I think the, the, the two teams, I mean, to answer the question, I think the two teams currently in possession of three and four, which is Spurs and Chelsea, I think will still be there at the end of the season. So here's, here's a question from Will Bill uh, 2003. Is it time to ditch Ericsson slash Son for Pogba? Mm. That, that would go against the grain with that, but like you say about the fixtures for United, so I think it makes more sense with Ericsson, Is my yeah. feeling there? Son obviously yeah. can't be can't play in the game that's gone going at the at the moment, so you you assume that that would make him a lock for the weekend um, yeah. against against Bournemouth, who you know their defence is well documented how how poor that that defence yes. is. Yeah. Um, Ericsson you could easily see him being rested, particularly if Spurs are still competitive in the Champions League. Um, after the, after the first leg, so I could definitely see see that as a, as a, a nice move, particularly with the fixtures that that United have got and Pogba being on, on penalties and what have you. I mean, there's no great form there, but there was no great form when he got a brace against West Ham. So it, it, that that kind of makes more sense. I'd be a bit more hesitant to to sell Son. Um, I know he's not been massively impressive in terms of his, his point returns over the last four game weeks, um, but he did look okay against West Ham I think he he had several shots in that game and as I say I do expect him to to play and uh, just a quick word on um, Bournemouth as well over the last two game weeks Bournemouth have conceded the second most amount of shots so 39 39 shots conceded in the last two game weeks is is dreadful Um, so you could see Spurs at least threatening in that game so I think Son knowing that when I say knowing being confident that he's going to play, I'd be a bit reluctant to sell him. But Ericsson, I, 
I think that move makes sense to me. What, what do you guys yeah. reckon? I totally agree with you on that. I think, yes, Son is likely... I, it, to me, in that first half against us, he looked very, very nippy and very, very dangerous. He, he fell off a bit in the second half, as did Spurs, to be honest. But he hasn't played, obviously, in this midweek game. So he's going to be fresh. He should be ready to take on Bournemouth. And as you say, Bournemouth are the ultimate Jekyll and Hyde team. I mean, the last four weeks, I mean, they've lost... <laughs> 3-1 at home to Burnley, 1-0 at home to Fulham, but then they've gone away from home and beaten Brighton 3-0 and drawn 3 all with Southampton. So who knows what Bournemouth team's going to turn up? So if they're, you know, they're fairly good at conceding goals. I, I think, like you, I would hang on to Son if I've got him. But yes, Ericsson will be going for me. I think, though, for I'm going to go for Sterling rather than go oh, for yeah. Pogba. Yeah. The, the thing is, I think you need to be very careful this week because there's been a lot of injury rumours and disgruntled rumours around Man United. Um, there's there's the possibility that Rashford isn't going to play. There's a possibility Lukaku isn't going to play. Um, there's a possibility that uh, Martial is, is out as far as Solskjaer is concerned uh, because of attitude. And that could well move Pogba further up the field. So, therefore potentially he could become interesting if, if Solskjaer decides to move him up. But It's true, mate. I just, it, it, do you know what? You look at these two games. This is why FPL is so tricky, isn't it? You look at Man United yeah. with away match at Huddersfield, home match at Cardiff to finish the season. All mm. these great players there. You'd, you'd think we'd be you know falling over ourselves to tear up yep. our teams to get them in, but they just it, there's something that doesn't feel particularly... No. Um, sort of comfortable in, in doing that, doesn't it? It just doesn't feel well, like... Six, six, five or six weeks ago, probably you, me, and everyone else was looking at those last two games and going, right, okay, my my yeah. my transfers in for the last two weeks are going to be Man United. Yeah. They certainly were for me. And now, Sorry. yeah, the fact we're umming and ahhing before a Huddersfield and, yeah. and Cardiff final two games is, it just says it all about where Man yeah. United are at the moment. I know we've got a question coming up um, about Punty McPumpface, I think I saw. <laughs> yeah. I'm, uh, so, I'm, so I might not throw it out yet. Don't do it. Save got, it for that one. What will we I have, I have my eye on a player who would be the ultimate punt, but could, could have a storming well, last couple of games. Right, I think, I think, just on the on Spurs one as well, bully. I think I'm not. Their away form is actually crap as well. Yeah. They haven't won in away from home in their last four either. Um, so. You know, I'm not expecting them to necessarily go there with a makeshift team um, after playing Ajax with, an, you know, the second leg to come and, and turn them over by scoring a load of goals. But because of Bournemouth's defence and, and their recent record, as I say, and the Jekyll and Hyde nature and Son playing, I just I just feel like it would. there's probably a more logical team uh, move rather in your team than transferring Son out for Pogba, mm. I would say. I, f- I think that there's enough there to suggest he's, he's worth a hold is my, yeah. is my feeling. There's also an element with Spurs where, you know, we're talking about where are they going to get the two points that they need to 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 confirm third spot. Um, this re- this weekend really is the one you want to do it in, Bournemouth, because they're coming up against a form team Everton in the last week of the season. Everton are going to rock up to the Spurs stadium. They're going to want to be the second team to turn them over um, after <clears throat> West Ham. Um, <laughs> so there's, um, you know, Everton are really, really running into form and, and you wouldn't really want are. to be Spurs having to get points in that last week of the season. So you figure, well, again, a lot is going to depend on the outcome of the game tonight, but but Poch is probably going to have to go for it on Saturday. So it behooves having Son up top, I would have thought. So I, that, I agree with that. 
I think that that answers part of Stephen Cookson's question. So whether to get rid of Rashford or Son. So we've talked about Son. Top of my mini league and main rival also has both. If I transfer, who to bring in? So I think you're both saying keep Son, but they're talking about Rashford there. Who who would would you keep Rashford? Rashford or if, would you if Rashford is pronounced fit, I would keep him. Um, but rumours are that he's got this shoulder problem and may not play again the rest of the season. So, yeah, hang on to Shah's every word at the press conference when it comes on Thursday or Friday, whenever that is. Um, obviously, if he's not playing, you've you've got to you've got to hoik him out. But I, I have a name. I'm not going to say it yet. I'm going to hold it. Hold the name. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. TC, do you have any any thoughts on that one with with Rashford? Well, I do, but I'm I'm wary that it might be the the, the punt that Ian wants to right. Ian wants to bring up. It's now being built up so Here's much. What we're so I, I feel like Stephen Cookson. I, I, I don't want to win. Stephen Cookson, we've half answered your question about Son. That the message there generally is keep oh, Rashford. Do, do, do I do I dare do I dare don't say dare. it? I don't know. Yeah. No, I tell you what. I'll No, I'll keep it under my hat. Keep and, it and if it's not if, if it's not your punt, I'll, I'll come back to that, that <laughs> question. Clear, later the, on. The, the anxiety in the room over this potential <laughs> gem. What I'm going to do? I'm going to move us to our next headline, which is different differentials. The final throw of your mini league dice okay but i'm going to go to um the uh, the punty mcpunk question because i know you're desperate to uh to go with this so so m by m bison mark uh thank you for your, for your question again sir i need the absolute best punty mcpump face punt for the next two game weeks please put some serious thought and research into it has horts uh he's also asked asked about your uh your FPL <laughs> punditry impersonations. Um, why don't we Why don't we cover the players' question first, then we can do impersonations or whatever later. Right. Okay. Let's. Right. Um, so I'm I'm dying to know who this this player is. Well, I'll 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 hold that one for a second. Defensively, yeah. There's a certain gentleman who plays for Crystal Palace who has a tendency to score the goal that relegates teams. <laughs> PVA, apparently, I think I'm right in saying, has scored the goal that's put down the last two teams. Um, Palace play Cardiff this weekend, and you wouldn't, you would be quite in, within your rights to put money on PVA being the guy that scores the goal that puts Cardiff down. The dream killer, PVA. So he's a guy, a dream killer, and he um, and he tends to finish the season very well. I think we'll, those of us that are playing, obviously, last year will remember what he did in game week 38, which yeah, was an absolutely yeah. storming game week. Um, okay, the punt is, it again, this comes down to Solskjaer's press conference. It comes down to the fact that Lukaku may be out. It comes down to the fact that Rashford may be out. It comes down to the fact that Sanchez is playing awfully. Um, <laughs> Martial is apparently on, on the outs. Um, and it's going to be whether Solskjaer goes with youth and figures that, well, why the hell not? This young lad, he, I think he came on in the last few minutes when they were playing um, Paris. Yeah. Uh, he scored a total of two points this season, two fantasy points this season. Um, it's a gentleman by the name of Mason Greenwood. <laughs> I know the man. He's, he's, he's very, I don't know what age he is, but he's extremely young. He's, he's the next man up, essentially, if you're looking at centre forward for Man United. Now, if they're injury situations, say, and I say this punt, does come down to Solskjaer's press conference. If it looks like Lukaku's out, if it looks like Rashford's out, and potentially, from what we've heard, Martial has got absolutely lambasted by Solskjaer in, in the dressing room at the end of the last game, um, this guy could be worth a punt. Mason Greenwood, 4.5 million. 
think what that's going to free up in terms yeah. of where you could what you can spend in your midfield if you if you've got a couple of free transfers um but he's your punty muck punt face for this week nice that and is a and hell of a shout i would never have guessed that that's a proper out there love it though because you think about it as well gary neville's talked recently about how his sort of torrid time lencia when he was managing there, he sort of said, you get to the stage where you don't even pick players based on their ability. You you pick them pick them based on whether or not you know that they're going to give their all for you and the badge. That's I it. Think, I think Solskjaer might be getting to that point with team. Yeah. And, you know, knowing how the fans love and respect him and love and respect how Sir Alex used to sort of blood the youngsters, you could see it. I mean, like you say, you want you'd want assurances of... Ole sort of talking in the press mm. conference about those stars being confirmed out. Um, but wow, that's a, that's a hell of a shout. So I love it. I think it's one of those ones as well. It's, you, you know, when you've got youngsters that are on the bench and everything like that, and things aren't working and things aren't going well, and you're not getting the results, there's always the shout for the young guy. And it's, I don't think a Man United fan is going to actually pick holes in Solskjaer if he picks this young guy. Not at all. Because they haven't been playing well. They haven't been scoring goals. What's he got to lose? Stick it there. If this young man scores a hat-trick against Huddersfield, Solskjaer looks like a genius. Uh, and so, <laughs> do, kid, and so kid, do you, Horts. Oh, so yeah, do you. <laughs> but this kid is the new guy. And all that sort of stuff. And at the end of the day, if he doesn't score, it's like, well, we gave him a go. He's only young. What do you expect? You know, yeah. so it's, it's really a win-win by by rolling him out there it's just i mean how close are they still they are let's have a little look so they are three points off fourth i mean it's a big ask isn't it their goal difference is they've scored a lot yeah it's the goal difference is the big thing so that's gonna that's gonna really but then they're playing huddersfield and cardiff so they yeah yeah they are playing huddersfield and cardiff so we all know what goal difference can be done against those teams so yeah nothing's necessarily out there but yeah so I mean, mine isn't anywhere near as as out there as as that shout. Um, but it it came about. I mean, by the way, I love the PVA shout as well. I think that's a that's a yeah. clever one. Um, came about from watching uh, the game in which PVA featured over the weekend. Actually, so I thought Everton bossed that game. It was nil mm. nil, last on match of the day. Doubt whether many people stayed with it to to watch that, but I did. I'm sad, and <laughs> it was. It was apparent to me that Everton are in great form, as as Horza alluded to. They had four wins in their last six, which is uh, ignoring Man City and Liverpool. Yeah. They're sort of joint seven, with seven uh, seven clean sheets out of the last nine as well. It's, it's a, that defensive record stunned me because I yeah. flogged Luca Luca Dean a while back, and since then he's been awesome. So, uh, where, where are the, the defence? He was going to be one of my di- he was well. my differential shout last week. Well, actually. it's it's in it's in that vein actually, bully. So I watched that game, and Dean did look good as well. But I would, don't think he really qualifies as a as a differential pick because he's he's had a lot of publicity he's in well the sort of yeah. FPL world. Yeah. Other side of the uh, the flank, uh, Seamus Coleman, five point two million. Yeah, he really impressed me down that right hand side um, against against Palace away. And so I had a little look at his stats over the last couple of games, and they're not exceptional. They're not terrible. So six crosses, um, three attempted assists um, aren't bad. This was more of a an eye test um, feel, I would say. But it is actually backed up by the um, by the fixture as well. So they've got this um, ho- lovely home match, haven't they, against Burnley on the Friday night this week. So this is a Friday deadline for the listeners. Make sure you've met your team. But Burnley's uh, attacking stats over the last two game weeks, I know that was Man City was one of those games, but they've had eight shots 
in two games it's like well that's terrible yeah. and uh whereas everton have had 37 in the same period to give it some some context so i really like that matchup as a potential clean sheet for coleman Hortz has just backed that up in terms of the clean sheets that everton have accrued over the last several game weeks um and then alongside that burnley's sort of being quite blunt in attack so that was my punt. It's it's not Mason Greenwood, but uh, hopefully it's not on many people's radars. No, I agree. I've seen, uh, in terms of eye tests, I really like the look of Coleman. He's, uh, he takes a leadership role in that team being their skipper sometimes as well, doesn't he? Uh, well, he he does. He does. Fitness, so. It annoys me a little bit because they, I mean, I really like the the sort of improvement that Calvert-Lewin's made recently yes, under, under yeah. Marco Silva. I think he looks like a, a great prospect, but on match of the day, they did highlight, they had... Um, Shearer and uh, Ian Wright on uh, as their um, pundits over the weekend, with Lineker of course presenting. So no great surprise to see them talking about sort of striking technique and what have you. And I wouldn't say he's a natural finisher at all, so he definitely needs to work on that. But if Everton could find, could either you know coach him to that improvement in in terms of converting chances, or maybe sign someone in the summer with the likes of Bernard and Dean Coleman, Siggy. These are creative players, but mm. they just don't have that poacher yet to, to convert the chances. Yeah. Uh, but I still think Coleman gives a, a good avenue for a nice return for, for this game week. And like you say, Spurs in the last game, I, I don't see that as a scary fixture either. Well, so, we know uh, we know you can hold them scoreless <laughs> at their place, don't we? So, uh, <laughs> and, yes, and, you do. <laughs> There it is, the West Ham exactly. name drop. So there we go. There you go, M. Bison. So I'm, there's, I'm there's going to throw one... Um, one final one into the pot here before we move on to our, our final headline. But for me, um, over the course of the season, Chelsea, uh, I've had this this crazy combination of midfielders in the centre. There's no doubt for me Hazard's been their best player, but um, they, they brought in Kovacic from Real Madrid. You, you've got Barkley, who's been potentially uh, an England stalwart for years to come, has done it in flashes this season. You've had Kante playing out of position, Jorginho, I don't really know what, what the deal is there. But for me, every time I've watched him, Ruben Loftus-Cheek for me has been Chelsea's most effective central midfielder. The one who pretty much returns most of the time when he plays, if you look at his European stats, if nothing else. But over the last three games, um, it's like Sari has taken a chance on him and Hudson-Odoi. He's in the team. He's returned 21 points in that time. Um, and I think going into the final few games, Sari would be well served to stick with him. Um, so for me, Ruben Loftus-Cheek still you know, really cheap option um, would serve you well as a, as a potential McPunty punt punt. Definitely, mm. good call. By the way, that that player that I was thinking of, um, Hortz, yeah. uh, when you mentioned a, a VAR yeah. potential Rashford downgrade, it was it wasn't Mason Greenwood. My mind hadn't gone there. Far more mainstream. But um, what do you guys think of um, Callum Wilson? For you know they they've got that you know it's not amazing home fixture is it against against Spurs like we say but you know he is coming off the back of a nice haul away at um, Southampton in the, the thing, last game the thing I love about Wilson uh, is that he creates he's not just an out and out goal scorer he, he mm. does some lovely link work with you know with the Brooks the Kings you know the Frasers well, yeah Fraser yeah yeah and, and, and I mean six shots in the last couple of game weeks all of which inside the box, five of which were on target. I think that sums him up as well in yeah. terms of that. We just mentioned that kind of poacher-type striker that I think Everton could really benefit from. I mean, which team wouldn't benefit that, really? But that, to me, 
suggest that against, I still think Spurs are going to have to shuffle the deck quite a lot on the weekend as well. And we yeah. mentioned their away form is And I think Vertonghen's gone off as well tonight with an injury. So, so that could, you know, throw it, throw the spanner in the works as well for them at the weekend. So he, yeah, he bl- had a really bad head injury actually. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Head, he head butted the back of, I think it was Alderweireld's head. So yeah. yeah and he, he looked in a lot of pain actually, mm. but yeah, that's another good point. So I think, you know, Callum Wilson, it, he's a difficult player to own because he's he's streaky, yeah. um, hot and cold and what have you. And, you know, there's not a whole lot of time left for him to hit one <laughs> of those streaks. But I do quite like him as an option as well. Um, yeah, I mean, he's he's that when he's hot, he's very, very hot and he'll get you double figure points. But then you've got to you've got to be prepared to get the two pointers. That's right. Well, you know, you, you have no they, they are the ultimate Jekyll and Hyde team at the moment, Bournemouth. And yeah, you, you, you take your chances, you pay your price, don't you, with him? You do indeed. Yep. So that that was the just going back to Embosa. That was the other the other nice. shot there. So we've given him loads of options there. So plenty, plenty of choice there. Yeah, we spoke yeah. you there. Right. Um, our last headline before we answer a couple more of the listeners' questions. So, um, what we've got here? What teams do we? St- I guess this is the on the beach question, isn't it? What teams do we still trust, and which should we not even look at? Now we've mentioned a few in the top four um, that seem to be free-falling, a.k.a. Arsenal. Is there anyone else at this point in time which are not worth looking at at all, chaps? I've yeah. got six. Go on. Arsenal are top of that list. Excellent. Great. Uh, <laughs> followed by Huddersfield, Brighton, Watford, Newcastle and Cardiff. I think all the other teams have at least an individual player or something like that who warrants a look for the last couple of weeks. But those six, stay away. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I think I think that the you know the Brighton as well. I think that oh God, they it was so weird on the weekend how they only seemed to play once they'd they must have had an absolute rocket at half time because they were abysmal in the first half against Newcastle and sorted out. Sonny March came on and played well in the second half, and they you know they're pretty much safe now, not quite. So uh, you know a way match to to Arsenal as as poor as they've been recently followed by a home game against man city which might be the you know the game which city need to win to win the league or we don't don't yet know but those are horrible fixtures so definitely would be looking to move your your brighton at it duffy and and ryan etc can't see many points there um in terms of ones that we do like we haven't actually spent any time on this podcast talking about fulham so i I was just going to mention them actually they're all in the, in the shop window now aren't they yeah, they, they are very much yeah. you know scotty parker has got that west ham spurs link that we, we keep coming back to on this pod but <laughs> he's uh he's sorted them out hasn't he he's, he he's has. got though i think there's three wins on the spin they've actually getting clean sheets now i think it's a little bit a bit harsh to take that away from them because they've had nothing to shout about really all year but goodness me how they didn't concede to Cardiff yes. on the weekend. I've no idea because they were they were battered for uh, the majority of that game. So you know, I'm not suggesting you know bring in and use your, your triple captain chip if you've still got it on you know Tim Ream or anything like that. But they do have you know not horrible games to end. They're away at Wolves, who you know good side but struggle against teams who sit deep. Um, and then a home game against Newcastle. So if you're looking at your Raya Babbles or um, Mitrovic, maybe to a lesser extent options there i would say for sure and mm. last one that i liked um was uh, southampton as well so mm. they 
I really like what uh, Hassan Hurtle's done to that team in terms of their energy. Um, then I don't think they're quite as fit as he wants them to be quite yet. They seem to tire in the latter stages of the second half. Um, but actually, their fixtures, they're away at um, Spurs beating West Ham on uh, on the next game week. And then <laughs> yeah. they host they host the relegated Huddersfield. So there's yeah. lots of options there. And for me, the standout is Nathan Redmond. I mean, they've got lots I'm... of options at great prices, but he was yeah, the one who good. impressed me most in the last... Yeah in the last game. So I really like um, Nathan Redmond as, as a sort of yeah. budget option for the for those two fixtures. I'm very excited to see what Redmond's going to do next season with a, a pre-season under, under the new manager. Um, yeah. And I would, I'd still, I would still say that Bednarek and uh, Bednarek and uh, Hoiberg are, are still good enablers at their price. Um, if that's something you're thinking about. Yeah. I think Red, Redmond 11 shots in the last um, two game weeks. Um, bear in mind that, second or one of those game weeks was a double game week so it was actually three games so but still 11 shots in you know three games over uh, in, in that particular period i think for a midfielder priced at 5.4 million with those two fixtures like i say uh, west ham and huddersfield if you've you know got him in on your wild card or as part of your double meet planning i'd definitely be keeping him and, and be pretty excited about what he can deliver in the last couple of game yes. weeks mm-hmm. agreed Okay, chaps, the, the last um, theme we've got, which is in the listeners' questions, I'm just going to go through a few now, and it's all related to chips. So uh, from mm-hmm. Slack, FPL Mediocrity, my question, I'm probably in a minority of one, but when and on whom to play my triple captain chip? Um, oh, wow. The candidates Ooh. are Aguero, Sterling, Mane, Robertson and Edison. Um, and uh, he's also put here, I've taken the time, you'll notice, Bully, to write the question out for you without abbreviations so you won't stumble over the TC bits. Uh, yes, I must hold my hand up mediocrity and confess I do struggle with abbreviations. Uh, the old head isn't ticking quite right sometimes. So thank you for thinking of me there. Um, we've had another one from Helmo on Slack. Same boat as FPL mediocrity. I'd like to throw Hazard into the triple cap to mix game week 37 mm-hmm. could mm-hmm. be his last home game for Chelsea two goals in the reverse fixture versus Watford any thoughts uh, and then finally uh, we've got uh, yeah Darren Hanmer has asked us uh, going into the last two game weeks with my triple captain and bench boost intact wow <laughs> thinking <laughs> thinking bench boost this weekend then triple captain the next I love that idea thinking of chasing MUFC wow. cover for the next two games What's your thoughts on who I should be targeting? Let's do the triple captain one first, and then let's just indul- yeah. indulge Darren on how he could use that beautiful bench boost. So let's wow. go to a, a horse as you're talking. Do you want to know your, your triple captain well, shouts? I, I mean, actually, uh, and, and TC pointed out earlier on, I think Hazard's a cracking shout. If you've yes. still got your triple captain, Hazard's yeah. a cracking shout for this weekend. But why didn't you use it on Liverpool last week? No, um, if you've still got it, um, although Hazard, I don't think, was in the original question, was he? It was Aguero... Who was it? Who were the, the original options? Hazard, if you've got Hazard... Definitely had Sterling. Hazard, yeah, Hazard's a strong shout. To be honest, you could toss a coin between Sterling and Aguero for this week. They could both easily get on the score sheet you got, against you, you Leicester. you got a favourite there, Hawks, between those two? If you gun to your head, who would you pick if you own, if you own both? I, well, I've got Aguero at the moment, and my plan currently is to bring Sterling in. Um, so you'll be in that position. Fact, the fact it's a home game might just edge it Brexit-styly 52-48% onto Aguero, but, it, you know, it, 
yeah, it's it's a coin toss between the two of them, to be honest. He's so got, this he's, might help you out. I did yeah. a little, little bit of analysis just on Aguero. So I like the Aguero versus Leicester match as well. Yeah. So, yeah, you know, we mentioned Man City 33 shots in their last two games, uh-huh. you know, keep the shots. Actually looking at Aguero in his last, so I went all the way back 12 games. I thought, let's take a long, long period just to see, just to show you how consistent this guy has been. I always talk about, you know, is Gabriel Jesus going to, you know, usurp him and take minutes and what have you. So he's got 89 points across his last 12 games, which is well over seven points a game. Mm-hmm. So, you know, if you were to get seven, eight points on a triple captain, be happy with that in a single game week. Um, I think I think that would be that would be acceptable, and he had, just in relation to the home form, back to back seventeen pointers, so back to back hat tricks in game weeks twenty five and twenty six against Arsenal and Chelsea respectively. So you know, he loves the home matches. He's he's mm. destroyed Leicester at the, at the Etihad previously as well, lest we forget as well. So I think I think I'd share that. I think based on the fact that he's got form, got that pedigree, loves the home game and. I just don't see him not not starting that match as well. I think he'd be the he'd be the shout. Yeah. Um, you know, I'd I'd be jealous of you having both him and Sterling, Ian, for sure. Um, <laughs> I mean, but so, yeah, so, that, uh, the fact they're out of Europe, he's not going to sit, is he? There's no way. Aguero, there's no way Aguero's sitting. No chance. No, he showed his worth in that Burnley game, tight game, and and he was there when yeah. he counted and and, yeah. and got them the three points they needed. I think from Helmo's perspective, I love the Hazard shout. I think the um, I think mediocrity. I didn't mention him as one of his options. I think that it was um, it was uh, Sterling or uh, Aguero for for him. But yeah, Hazard. I think just with that home form I mentioned previously, his last four uh, home games, he's picked up forty-seven points in total. And it could be his last home game for Chelsea as well. So there's ex- extra incentive there potentially. Yeah, and I think we spent some time and energy discussing how shite Watford are at the back defensively <laughs> on, on the road as well so yeah. the stars align nicely for, for Hazard as well and uh, if Sarri continues to play Loftus-Cheek bully who I, I liked yeah. your earlier shout as well um, then I I could see them opening opening yeah. Watford up and, sure. and three points should secure them I think I'm right in saying three points should pretty much secure them that top four finish as well All so they, they've yeah, got yeah. everything to play for yeah. and for, for mediocrity so mediocrity isn't uh, offering Hazard as an option they're going with Aguero Sterling Mane Robertson or Edison anyone from there you'd fancy if you weren't hanging your hat on Hazard I mean Aguero. like you said uh, yeah, Aguero, Aguero for Aguero, sure so, yeah, I yeah. yeah I don't <laughs> the, the Robertson thing I'm not I wouldn't love that shout after a midweek European game away to away to Newcastle. Not that I think Newcastle are a great attacking team. I just I just think your ceiling's quite quite low there. Um, so yeah, I'd take Aguero for equity and I love the Hazard shout yeah. for for Helmo. Nice. And what about the the bench boost then? The other listener has uh, has it their luxury. Yeah. Which week do you reckon? This one or the next? Would you want you know, the excitement of final game week, or is there more to be earned this? Well, game week 38 always screams goals, doesn't it? So it does. defenders aren't necessarily going to be, you know, the guys you're going to pick, unless it's obviously Liverpool or or, or Man City. Most other teams you could see conceding on, the, on game week 38. So maybe triple captain in 38, bench boost in 37. I don't know. I think I'm going to say I'll go the other way around. Because yeah. I, I, I think the only I don't particularly like either of them if I'm if honest. But um, <laughs> if you know in this position you're clearly going to use them both. So the reason I'd say bench boost in 37 is I th- I think you've still got 
a few unknowns um, in terms of like people are still playing for things. It's it's plausible that you know Liverpool could could get by um, Newcastle away, and the, suddenly the league's over, right? Yep. If if, if yep. City if City win, and then it's it's kind of like is that just going to take all the wind out of their sails, etc.? So I think your bench boost, I think the relegation place is still kind of yeah. alive. I think Cardiff fans would, would want me to, to say that. I think I'd be more inclined to, you know, go for, go for it in 37. Yeah. Um, because yep. team, yeah, this other way around, you said it. Sorry, no, 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 no. Bench, yeah. no. Bench boost thirty-seven. Triple captain is yeah. thirty-eight. Yeah, yeah. That that's the way around. I would, yeah, I would, nice. I would say. Yeah, I, I, th- yeah. I think that, I think that kind of, kind of makes more sense. Uh, but yeah, keeping your chips that long, man. I, I don't know how you've, how you've had the patience. Yeah, patience of a saint. Very impressed. Um, and and you, you want saints in the game week thirty-eight, most certainly against Huddersfield. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> Good point. I don't know who you triple captain in game week thirty-eight. Actually. If if the if the league was was over, it would be it would be different. Otherwise, I guess you'd target I, that Wolves game. I don't, I don't know. Uh, you triple captain could be one of the City boys because the pressure's off. They could literally get six past Brighton, possibly. They could, Bright- yeah. And if if Brighton was safe, Brighton have got nothing to play for. That's true. Yeah, they could rack up a lot of goals. That could there, be a big one. Or or whether you know, do you take a gamble on a Shane Long or a Danny Ings against Huddersfield? I don't know. Yeah, it's, um, could go down that road. I would go one of the City boys if you that, were playing that's it. A Mc, that's a McPunty, isn't it? A McPunty pump. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But, but Mason Greenwood. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but game week thirty-eight, pretty much, it's going to be one of the City boys, isn't it? Against Brighton, I would have thought. I think so. Yeah. Probably I mean, Sterling. Yeah, probably Sterling. You can't see Pep just massively shuffling the deck either, can you? Even if and, they've won the unless league, unless they've point. won it. Well, if they've won it. If they've won it, I could see him rolling out some of the... But, think, but yeah, yeah, if they've won it and they've got nothing to play for and it's... I mean, and then, yeah, I don't know. It, it, the pressure is off in terms of... Because at the moment, it's like we were saying about Aguero, he cannot start Jesus because if they don't get a result against Leicester and Aguero's sitting on the bench, mm. he's going to be second-guessed from now to eternity. Yeah. But, you know, if the league's over... Of course, he can, shove, he can shove Jesus out there, no problem at all. You know, well, that's a good point. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. He the, can, he can, and he often does. Well, he has, has been to our detriment. <laughs> so, he he often, yeah. <laughs> so the last question, chaps, I'm going to uh, throw out there from the listeners. Um, good morning, surgeon and nurses. Love what love what they've done there. <laughs> oh, nice. Uh, I'll free hit in game week 38. So my. Mm. Tr- yeah. How are people doing? <laughs> Incredible. I don't understand. Yeah. Yeah. So my. My transfer okay. plans are only for game week 37. I don't care about hits. I just want to make good transfers. So now the way this question has been broken down, it looks like it's been muddled up a bit. So it lo- I'm just going to do it based on intuition. It looks like they're asking based on price bracket. Would you do, and yes, no answers to this, Vardy yeah. to Rashford? No. 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 Not at all. Not at all. No. Uh, pick one of these three. Ericsson, Hazard or Son? Hazard. Yeah. This is for 37, isn't it? 37, yep. Hazard. TC? Definitely. Yeah, Hazard. Yeah, I'm going to go Hazard Ca- as Captain well. option, yeah. Okay, Pogba or Siggy? Ooh. That's t- I, I love I Siggy's went, I just, form. I love Siggy and Everton's yeah. form at the moment. Was, I was so and they are bullish playing, on And they're home to Burnley, aren't they? Yeah, so I was not, so bullish on, on Everton, I'm going to say I'm going to say Siggy as well. He's, he's an absolute FPL jet. Siggy for me. Do you know what? I, let's call it three. I'll go Siggy as well. Clean yeah. sweep on Siggy. Uh, Kalasinac or Dinia? Dinia. Because <laughs> you don't know if Kalasinac is going to start, do you? Plus, I mean, that Arsenal defence is... 
you know what? Yeah, as I say, I, I said about the Everton fixture. In e- Everton at home to Burnley is Everton at home to Burnley. Fixture. You've got to go ahead of. I'm a great fan of. I'd say Dini. I'm a massive fan of Dini's attacking ability. Like, as well absolutely as, crazy. I mean, so we've got we've yeah. got Arsenal playing a home match to Brighton's Brighton, yeah. and, and we're saying to not target their most attacking defender. It's I think mad, if you knew, if you, it's only because it's only because of Emery. What, what Emery is doing, you have no clue what team he's going to roll out. If you knew Kolasinac was going to start. You you'd play him against Brighton, but well, who knows? Who yeah, knows what the Europa do. League on Thursday? So yeah, yeah absolutely. It's a it's yeah. a clear Dean win. Yeah, it's a Dean win. Okay, well, uh, thank you for that FPL Classico. Thank you again. Yeah, great question. Um, and in true tradition, uh, it's time for actually no, Ian, you can take us out for this. You know what time <laughs> it is. Would you like? to tell the listeners what's about to happen okay in the states he may be dehydrated but hopefully if he's listening to the podcast he's now desperate it's time for the Iceman's piss we'll be back shortly Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome back from the piss break. It's time for the surgery. And the intros and outros don't get much better than Mr. Hortz gets on board and does them. Thank you again, Ian. That was a top return from the piss break. The Iceman, I'm sure, will be enjoying that all the way from the States. So um, let's talk about our transfers and captain for this game week. So we'll we'll go around. Um, I'll go first, I think. For me, it's all about getting um, a bit more Liverpool into my side this week. I'm actually looking at the Mane Salah double up. Um, so I'm probably mm. going to drop a slightly higher price midfielder um, and striker to get them in. Now, I've got two free transfers at the moment. So I'm going to probably look to get Salah in. Um, and captaincy wise, I'm probably going to go with Mane, to be honest, just with the form he's in at the moment. TC. Um, so I didn't have a strong feeling about how to use my free transfer at the end of the last game week, which is a rare position to be in, really. But um, it looked like the Tongans picked up a nasty uh, head injury, as we said, um, in the game against Ajax this evening. Uh, he actually went back on the field, which I was really surprised about before being subbed off. So um, I don't actually like his fixture away at Bournemouth, as we said on the pod as well. So I think I'll probably move him out uh, pending his news at the news on him um and if so i might target an everton defender potentially um that's just where my my thoughts are right now i've only only just sort of thought about it over the last hour or so to be honest but um that would be the the logical move if not i may even consider uh holding and having two for the uh, the final spin of the dice in in 38 um captain wise it's going to be uh salah or aguero Probably Aguero, as we we mentioned, he's standout captaincy choice for the game against Leicester this weekend. Nice and uh, and horse. Well, it's interesting actually um, because of the news of Rashford. It sort of threw my threw my planned um, transfers out the window because I was always going to take a minus four this week, dropping Ericsson for Sterling. 
and Vardy for Rashford, um, you know, setting up for the Huddersfield game and, and Sterling coming in. Um, Ericsson's leaving my team, but I don't have enough to get Sterling on his own. So it was going to entail a minus four somewhere down the line. I'm now sort of in two minds about whether I actually want to let Vardy go, even the fact he's playing man city this weekend and i've literally while we've been talking i've literally taken ericsson out and i put hazard in and i can do it for exact money Love oh, so nice do i go hazard and not sterling and not take the minus four suggestions what do you reckon guys just initial feeling on that horse i love that move yeah um, i know i know it wax lyrical well, i know at it's like at the in, start to say you know get man city and liverpool players in but um, I've, I've still got I've still got Aguero, Laporte, Mane, and Robertson. So I'm I'm yeah. I'm, I'm well sorted with City. Um, well, and you were saying that you probably wouldn't captain Sterling as well if you brought him in no. as well. It then gives I me guess. a captaincy quandary between <laughs> Hazard and Aguero. But but the fact I could get Hazard for dead money, it's like ooh, hang on, that looks interesting. Yeah, I mean it's 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 probably more of a sword transfer. I would say the the Hazard yeah. move. Um, but that's that's probably the make in that position. Well, yeah, I'm you know I'm sitting at I'm sitting at twenty three thousand. I want to get into the top twenty thousand, and it's potentially the sort of move that I mean Sterling could get a hat trick. We know that. I mean, that's he that's could, how, yeah. that's that's how this game works. But mm-hmm. God, oof, oh, they so well potentially Ericsson for Hazard then for and not take the minus four. So I, I love yeah, that. It's minus I love four. That. Yeah, it's the minus four is a big it's the deal minus as well. Four. It's yeah, because Sterling's got to go four points more than Hazard to make it worthwhile. Yeah. And, you, and well, and especially everything we were saying about him being a captain choice or triple captain choice yeah. earlier. I think money where mouth is time. I think that's the way. I think it is. I think it is. And then then that just leaves me a Jimenez to Southampton next week um, for the, for the Huddersfield game. So uh, yeah, like it. Sign cool. Sealed, like it. Sign yeah. sealed. Delivered. Done. I'll have to check to see if he's going up tonight, see whether I do it yet, because I, I don't want to do the transfer until Friday, but I'll have to That's now. because point. But because it's dead money, I've got to keep an eye on Ericsson and Hazard now, yeah. see what they're doing. Do you know what? That's the, not to put a spanner in the works, but we are to the stage now of the Europa League where it actually does really matter now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, um, yeah, I guess... Well, he's nowhere... He, quickly he looking, he's nowhere near going up in price, and Ericsson's yeah. nowhere near going down in price. It would just be it would just be worth I'm, seeing. I'm safe, um, so I can. I presume he'll play now because we're at that stage of the competition. Whereas yeah. previously in the uh, you, you know the Europa League, he he hasn't really featured all that much. No. So worth if he plays ninety and what have you, that might give a doubt. But um, yeah. it probably wouldn't for me because they're still no. competing for that. Well, that and they, well, as we spot. said, they they need the three points at home to Watford. They they don't yeah. want to necessarily have to roll it into the last week of the season. I mean, they're away at Leicester, and we've been saying, you know, Leicester at home are no pushovers, and you could easily see Leicester taking points off Chelsea in in thirty eight. So Chelsea need to get the three points this week. Oh, like it? Be interested yep. to see if you uh, go with it. Yep. Well, that I mean, let's put it this way: if he comes through unscathed, I think Friday that's going to be what I'm what I'm clicking on. So. Uh, yeah, okay. I've I've been enlightened by your TC tonight. <laughs> Christ, I hope it worked out. <laughs> enlightenment <laughs> is the goal of the podcast. Good work. Um, well, let's go through our FPL surgery mini league. So, just for interest, uh, the Iceman is actually sitting twenty fifth in that after his uh, game week score of eighty. Um, but the top ten, there's been huge. The, the biggest changes I've seen this season. Um, trying to give up to Michael Taylor, who's been leading the pack for a while. Unfortunately, only got 58 
uh, points this game. We can just drop from first down to tenth. Ninth place, wow. we've got Adida Oscar. Gosh. Nate Thomas has dropped, having got 94 points. The minor strike, uh, former guest Will Minus. Hello, sir. Uh, up to eight. We've got 11 uh, points in the game week. Uh, Clark White has just gone with a question mark for their team name. Got 122 points, the highest scorer in our uh, in our top 10. Uh, Joachim Alstrom, Serenity now in sixth. I'm sorry, I've probably butchered you now. Uh, Dunking Donuts, Henry Wakefield remains stable in fifth. Uh, the Gunnarsson's Callon Hue has dropped to fourth. Full of flair, Richard Jenkins in third. The big movers this week, Sport in Milwaukee with CJ side up into second, 121 points. And Sky player in FPL, Paul Jones, uh, is up to first. Fantastic effort, him now, uh, now leading the pack by 14 points. It's hotting up at the top wow. for the mini league prizes. Paul's so, just cracked the top 50 overall and in the world, I think, as well. Yeah, well, I saw so that. Fantastic. Yeah. Fantastic. Good on him. Yeah, mate, some amazing scores. Gosh, what a huge swing for uh, for Michael there to go down from first to tenth. Well, he's, he's been brilliant one all season. Week. He's had one unfortunate. He really game, has. Yeah, yeah. He's, um, he's been a sort of ever present, hasn't he? But um, and and yeah. still, still, in, in incredible rank. So sure, he can. You can pull it back. Yeah. yeah. Just just a little one, guys, before we finish. Uh, and ev- everyone's going to know the scores, obviously, by the time the podcast comes out, but it's relevant from fantasy perspective. Yeah. Spurs have just lost 1-0. So it's still to play for next yeah. week. So it's going to be one of those things. I think, obviously, we've said about Son is likely to play at Bournemouth. But if you've got other Spurs assets, the likes of Ericsson, Ali, Trippier, those sort of yeah. guys, be very aware, I would have thought, for this weekend. Yeah. I really don't like them yeah. this weekend. Yeah, yeah. I don't, I don't, I, Son, don't like Son's him. the exception, but you're yeah. kind of asking a lot of him, aren't you? With yeah. uh, to, to potentially be going in with a tired, tired team, um, yeah. makeshift personnel. Yeah, and the fact they've the got Czech... it all to play for yeah. next week, it's, uh, it's it makes it very interesting from huge. a Spurs point of view. Yeah, Bournemouth are just a crazy team; they can score on anyone. So yep. yeah, it's, uh, yeah, I th- I do think I will move Vertonghen out. I think that will be my transfer. Um, I've just got to come back to when we mentioned transfers and captains. I didn't. I think we've answered their question, but uh, Torfig Al Sharif asked about who to captain between Sterling, Aguero, Salah, or Mane. So I feel we answered that. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. The uh, the last thing I'm just going to go through is our feedback box. So uh, this one has come from footballs. Oh God! The, the, the irony of me not being able to uh, pronounce the handle is that they actually comment on the fact that I keep pronouncing the name wrong in the mini league. So, uh, <laughs> footballs, or God, you know, I just can't pronounce it. But uh, thank you for the for the uh, comment. Awesome pod, guys. Appreciate the effort in trying to pronounce my Swedish name in the FPL Surgery League segment. Hilarious. Keep up the great work. I, I think I need to take some kind of. Uh, language course or, or just some, some general pronunciation lessons in the off season this year because it's not been a good one for me by uh, by previous standards I'll be honest not that they were great in the first place uh, but no, thank you for effort, as always yeah. <laughs> I try I try so thank you, you for your feedback once again um, so I'm just going to mention as usual how you get in contact with us uh, you can support us at patreon.com forward slash FPL surgery you can join our mini league for the final two game weeks 225 Hyphen three six nine. Uh, you can visit our website fplsurgery.com and find us as usual on Facebook, SoundCloud, and Reddit. All the chatter goes on at fplsurgery on Twitter, and we're also on iTunes. If you want to email us, info at fplsurgery.com. I would like to thank my two very able and fantastic fellow surgeons this week. In the absence of the Ice Man, first of all, Mr. Tom Campbell. Thank you, sir. 
absolute pleasure mate as always brilliant and again as usual tc how can people get in contact with you if they want to chat all things fpl yeah come and have a conversation with me on twitter it's the best place to get in touch with me i'm at utterly t he really is utterly tc and uh, and Hortz again brilliant performance love the uh the theatrics uh were, were there any Absolutely. were there any uh impressions we were going to try in the end well no i could no i can't go i can't <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to do, you know, bring in Hazard, but, you know, it's not, no, I can't do Andy. It's no good. It's not, it's not, it's not fair. It's not fair. I think Andy would appreciate yeah. that. Sorry, mate. Sorry. No, no, I, I was challenged and it's, I haven't had time to do it. Next time. I promise. Next time. We'll, we'll give you more notice next time. We'll give you more yeah, notice. Yeah. Great stuff. Yeah, yeah. Um, again, Hortz, uh, from your perspective, what's your, your Twitter handle if you want to chat with uh, FBL? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Hook me up. I'm, I'm about 30 people from a thousand. So oh, nice. that was really nice to get to the end of season in four figures that would be lovely um it's at fpl underscore horts that's h-o-u-g-h-t-s um yeah and any questions chuck them my way we'll do what we can and if i can just say i'm forever blowing bubbles up the hammers <laughs> and i think on that note that's the end of the podcast i'm, I'm all west hammed out um at this point i would usually ask the ice man for for his wisdom um and i think this ah. week his his comment would probably be uh take a holiday in the last two game weeks of the season who does that uh, thanks for listening good luck in your two game weeks bye from us up the pod up the pod up the pod Right, chaps, that was excellent. Awesome. See, you, you wisdom, your wisdom this week is Mason Greenwood, isn't he? You see, that's, that's your wisdom. Yeah. <laughs> I love <laughs> that shout. I, honestly, oh, I would have been here for. I, wouldn't it be lovely if he banged in a hat trick? A that? month of Sundays, I would not have guessed do, that. Do you one know what? When I didn't know who you were going to go for, and then you said that game against PSG. I was like, is he going to go Greenwood? Greenwood came out the end. Is he going to go Greenwood? Yeah. And then you came out with it. I was like, he's gone there because Greenwood yeah, yeah. phenomenal record. In the and uh, the youth and reserves, um, from what yeah. I'm aware of, he's yeah. a real talent. So yeah, you, you could see Solskjaer doing that, couldn't you? It's one of those things. It's like it's a right. It's like it's it's a it's a win win for he. If if he's legitimately got injuries and Martial's been a bit of a grump or whatever's happened there, something's happened there, hasn't it? By all accounts, yes, yes. it's yeah. The United fans are going to absolutely welcome this guy with open arms, aren't yeah. they? They're going to go, come on, Mason, do what you can. If he doesn't what do it, they go, oh, he's a teenager. What do you, if he scores? Solskjaer is, is a genius. So it's, it's what it's, happened with Rashford. Oh, it's exactly the same thing. It's the, it's the exactly Rashford the effect thing. all yeah. over again. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah and he, he, he can't lose. And it's not like you're putting in a player at centre-back or you're putting in a player in goal and they make a fluff and cost you a goal. He's not going to cost you a goal. He might not no. score one, but he's not going to lose you the game, but he could win you the game. And that's... Now, though, you see, the thing is now... If I bring in Sterling, I might still have brought him in. But if I do Hazard, there's no way I'm bringing him in. And if he bangs a hat trick, I'm going to be gutted, aren't I? Like... <laughs> yeah, that's true. The, the beauty People of FPL. Wait.
what? You must roll in. And they were like, no. no. But it's, it's all going to come down to the press conference. I assume they play Sunday. So Solskjaer's press conference will be Friday, won't it? Yeah, so, Friday yeah. morning. It's always first up. So. Yeah, it's up against the deadline because they're all Friday. Day. Oh, that's no, Friday this week, isn't it? And then it'll be Sunday deadline. Um, yeah, so it's it's just making sure you've picked up every ounce and every subtlety in that press conference. 